Amen. Thank you, Esther, for that. That was great. Um, Let me just encourage you, let's keep praying for our leaders in this time. This is a really unusual, bizarre time for, for everyone. And as the church, I think it's so important that we continue to intercede for our, for our leaders in this time. So, so thank you, Esther, for leading us in that. Let's, let's keep praying as we, as we go forward. So this afternoon, we're going to be continuing our series in Ephesians, looking at the um, series of Lifing, Life to Live. Um, this is a wonderful book, the book of Ephesians, and it celebrates who we are as individuals as well as who we are as the church and also the new life that we get to live in Christ. The first three chapters, as we've heard over the last couple of months, have focused very much on who is God and who are the church. And we've seen some wonderful truths, such as the fact that we are adopted into God's family, that we were outsiders and God, by His mercy, brought us in. That we are chosen before the foundation of this world. He knew us, He chose us, He adopted us into His family. And we also have sonship. We can now cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, our God. We can call him our Father. Let that just sink in for a minute. The fact that we are sat here today, the fact that we are sat in this room is a miracle. It's an absolute miracle and it's a gift of God. As we continue to work through the book together today, we're going to see a shift from what God has done for us in chapters 1 to 3 to, in the light of this, in light of what God has done for us, then how are we to live? How are we to, how are we to go on from chapters 4 onwards? So, in other words, we're going to move from a study of doctrine to a study of duty. Today, we're in the second half of chapter 4, where we see the church is described over and over and over again by Paul as a body. As a body. We are the body of Christ. What does that mean? That means that as individuals, we're not meant to just be church attendees. You know, this is great. This is great. We all get to come together, albeit it's a little bit weird at the moment. We all have to wear masks, sit apart. But ultimately, we're not just to attend church. We're not just to come and listen to to someone speak and to hear some music and normally have some nice coffee and some cakes and whatever. No, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Church is not an event that we just come to. We we really need to let that sink into us. Actually, I am the church. You are the church. As individuals, we are the church. And as individuals and as the church, we're to be the advancing church. We see in Matthew that we are to go into the world making all disciples of all nations. We've been equipped by God and sent out into the world with His Spirit who dwells deep within us. So this afternoon, we're going to look at that, how God equips us. And we're going to see two things. We're going to see, firstly, how God equips us to to plant wide. And secondly, we're going to see how God equips us to dig deep. So if you've got your Bibles or your phones with you, um, turn to Ephesians 4, um, verse 7 to 16. Um, If not, the words will be on the screen so you can track along. So Ephesians 4, 7 to 16, let me read it for us. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. 
So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. For him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Before we dive into this, let's, let's just pray, pray together. Father, I thank you for what you've done for us. Father, we, we don't want to miss that. So, Father, I thank you that we have been chosen by you. Father, that we have been adopted by you, that we have been brought into your family. Father, I thank you that you don't just bring us in and, and, and just get on with us and just cope with us, but actually you delight in us. So, Father, I thank you so much that as we sit here today and as we listen to your word preached, Lord, that you delight in us, that we can cry, Abba, Father, to our, to our Father in heaven, because you've poured out your grace and your mercy upon us. Lord, I thank you that you call us to way more than just some sort of religious meeting on a Sunday where we come, we consume, and we leave. So, Father, I pray today that as we come to your word, Father, that you would break through our hard hearts. Father, would you soften our hearts? Lord, would you give us eyes so we can see the glory of your word? Would you give us ears so that we can hear your still, small voice talking to us? Father, we pray that you would change us this afternoon, make us more like Christ. For your glory and our good. Amen. Amen. So last week, Ian spoke from the first half of chapter four at how God unites all people, that we are to be a united people. We saw that we are called to be a united people, slow to speak poorly of each other and quick to encourage each other in one body and one spirit. In three short verses within this passage, there are seven mentions of the word one. Seven mentions in three verses. So what is Paul getting at this But He's getting at the fact he wants us to be united. He wants unity. He wants us to be one body, one people. Notice how verse 6 finishes. One God and Father of all, who is of over all and through all and in all. Notice how that verse speaks of God as the Father of all, who is above all who is through all and in all. We all, as one body, have access to the same Father. And as the church, both globally and locally, we are striving to glorify the Father together in unity as one body. It's more than just Glasgow Grace. It's more than just us. We are joining with a global movement of churches throughout the world who are all meeting together today like this, celebrating our Father. The dividing walls between us have been torn down by the gospel. And because of that, we can run into his presence. Fantastic news. This makes verse 7 of today's passage even more incredible. It says this, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. 
Now, the word grace that is used here, they're not talking about a saving grace. What he's talking about here is a service grace. So he's actually talking about the grace that equips Christians to serve the church. Can you see it? Paul turns from all of us in verse 6, all of us in verse 6, to each of us in verse 7. What he's saying is that each of us individually have been given, according to Christ's measure, gifts to serve the church. Yes, Paul is calling us to be united, but where, where there's unity, there's definitely not uniformity. Where there's unity, there's definitely not uniformity. We're not meant to be the same. We're not meant to be the same as if we've been turned through some sort of cloning machine. That would be really weird and also be a total disaster. We're not meant to be the same. Romans 12, verse 4 to 6, for just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. God gives gifts to his church, and when we walk in the calling and use the gifts that he has given to us, it brings him glory. And why would God do that? Why would he gift us? Well, it's really, really simple. It's because it's his church. This isn't our church. This is Jesus' church. He is leading this church, and he gives us gifts to serve his church. Jesus equips his people to serve his church. Why? Because it's all about Jesus. Why are we here? because it's all about Jesus. So what are the gifts that are mentioned in this passage? Verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Now let's look briefly at each of those gifts, and what what we're going to see in here is that God equips his people to plant churches wide. This is more than some sort of local church movement. This is a global church movement that we're seeing. And as part of that, we are seeing the advance spread, the, the, the gospel advancing and spreading across the nations. So in 2014, Ian and Lindsay, who, who planted the church here, were part of Gateway Church down in Poole. Um, they belong to uh, an advance, a, a movement called Advance, who we are, we are now part of. Um, at that time in 2014, it had just recently begun. During this time, Ian and Lindsay got to know quite a few of the advanced leadership team. They were greatly encouraged, strengthened through the input of many of the leaders across the whole world. Having received a calling to return to Glasgow, Ian then undertook some some church planting training through advance. And once he finished that, he was sent on his way. See you later, south coast of England with nice beaches. Come back to Glasgow. He was delighted. So Ian and Lindsay returned back to Glasgow to plant this church that we're all attending today. Why am I telling you this? What on earth is the relevance of this? Do you know what it is? It's because our partnership with Advance is a great example of the apostolic gift in practice. Advance exists to plant and strengthen churches across the globe. And today there are over 115 churches across five continents that we partner with. We're connected. We're more than just ourselves. God has used advance to equip his people to plant churches wide, not just in their context, but wide, five continents, into areas that desperately need the gospel. And do you know what? Glasgow desperately needs the gospel, because less than 2% of people in this city go to a gospel-preaching church. Less than 2% of people. 
So what's the real need in this city? Does this city need more shopping centers? Does it need more libraries, another football team? No. What this gospel needs is more churches that are preaching the gospel so that 98% of people can hear the gospel and respond to it. You might be familiar with P.J. Smythe. P.J. is the pastor of Monument Church out in Washington, D.C., and he also leads the advanced movement, which we're a part of. Um, And God has used him mightily for many years. And as well as, as, well as that, we, we as a church have greatly benefited from his ministry. He has, he has offered multiple encouragements to Ian and Lindsay as they moved here to plant. They've offered multiple encouragements to us as a church as he's preached for us before. Um, and what he's offered is, is more than just preaching. But actually, he's offered this fatherly security and wisdom throughout these early days. So we as a church have been greatly encouraged through it from other advanced pastors as well. Let me just give you a couple of examples. Last year, we had Donnie Griggs come, who, if, if anyone was here, you remember the guy with the massive beard? If you think Darren's beard's impressive, check his out. It's like massive. Um, and he came and he spoke about how to, how to be on ministry, how to be on mission in our context. On top of that, next month, we've got Matt Hosier coming to build us up and to strengthen us as a church. On top of that, we've had Mike Duff preaching to us. We get support financially from other churches in advance. We've got regular conferences that we're all invited to, and we are built up through this apostolic gifting. The second gift that is mentioned in the passage today is the prophetic. God equips his people to plant wide through the prophetic gifts. So what on earth is prophecy? If you've never been in a church or, or anything like me, it's like, what on earth is prophecy? That's a big word, and it's a bit, it's a bit confusing. So I, th- I think this story helps. John Piper was once preaching at his church, encouraging his church to be in small groups and to start evangel- evangelical Bible studies. He wanted to reach people that didn't hear the gospel. So at one point in his sermon, he said, I want you, you may be working on the 34th floor of the IDS Tower, maybe you should start a small group in your workplace. Didn't think anything of it, just off the cuff during a sermon. At the end of that service, a woman came up to him who'd been sitting in that area of the church that he had spoken to, and she said to him, how did you know that? And he said, what? And she said, I have been, I work on the 34th floor of that building that you just said, and for the past week, I have been praying to God, asking, should I start this Bible study or not? So what is that? That's the prophetic in action. The Spirit of God encouraging someone through someone else's insight or words. As a church, we've had many prophetic words. And they shape how, we, how we've done things and how we do things. And one of the really significant ones for, for us as a church, and actually one of the ones that have really led to the church being founded, was back in 2016 when Ian was being sent off from Gateway, and they, um, they were having a prayer meeting for him, and he, w- he was prayed over. And someone just got this sense that God was saying to Ian, God has not finished with you in Scotland. And at that moment, Ian's heart just broke. It broke because he felt that God was giving him a new heart for Scotland, and in particular, Glasgow. So they didn't just take that word and run off to Glasgow, and off they go. They, they spent some time weighing that up. So they looked at, what does the Scripture say? Let's pray about this. Let's get some input from eldership teams. Let's get some input from advance, and actually let's act on it if we believe it's from God. And they were convinced 
that that's what God has called them to, and that's how we are here today as part of Glasgow Grace. So that is how the prophetic gift works in practice. The third gift that's mentioned in this passage is the evangelists. Now, what do you do when you get some good news? Now, we just recently bought a house, and I've been a bit mad about it. Everyone, we got a house! Guess what? And London's been a little bit different, but I've been all over it. So the first thing you do when you get a house is you share it. Or sorry, not just a house. The house is on my mind. When you get some good news, you share it. You shout about it. You want everyone to know about it. And this is exactly what the evangelists do. They go, they take the good news of Jesus, and they proclaim it to people that don't know it. Now, we're all called to do that, right? Definitely. We are definitely all called to do that. However, do you ever notice that some people are just better at it than others? I definitely do, and I'm, I'm definitely not in the camp of being great at it. So why is this? Why is it that some people are just better at it than others? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because God has gifted them with the gift of evangelism, proclaiming the goodness of God to their friends who don't know them. Take Billy Graham as an example. Billy Graham would stand up in front of thousands, and instantly people would respond to him. There was a special gifting upon his life. And we see that in our church. We see that in our church. Now, I just want to encourage the students in our church. I think the students role model this. They show us how this should be done. At our most recent Alpha course, just over half the people that actually came to the course was invited by one of our students. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And that's the gift worked out in practice. Wouldn't it be great to see more of that? Wouldn't it be great for this room to be full of evangelists, speaking the good news to, to those who don't know Christ? Let's pray for God to raise up many evangelists among us. The final one that's mentioned in this, this chapter is pastors and teachers. Now, I'm not going to dwell too much on this point because we've covered this um, quite a lot recently through our Upside Down leadership series when we've been looking at eldership. But in short, the pastors and the teachers in this passage are the same thing. And they've really got two roles. And the first one is pretty well described in 1 Peter 5, verse 2, where it says, shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Be shepherds of God's flock. So what's the role of these pastors and teachers? It's to shepherd the flock. So what do shepherds do? Well, again, it's pretty simple. They actually just under-shepherd. Because who's the chief shepherd? Jesus is the chief shepherd. So actually, the shepherds of the church are just pointing everyone to Jesus. That is what they are doing. They also teach. They're, t they're, they're to teach people how to follow Jesus. They're to help people understand how they've been called and how they've been gifted so that they can go into their context and serve Jesus. So can you see it? These gifts are given so we can plant wide. This isn't just about us building our own little church, our own little brand here in Glasgow, but this is so the church can expand wide across the globe. The church is on a mission. We are the advancing church, and God is equipping the global church and his church with these gifts so that we can see many churches planted. Not just one, not just two, but many. We want to see life saved. We want to see many people believe and be baptized. We want to see the gospel advance throughout the nations. So let's keep praying for churches to be planted and strengthened throughout the world. Okay, so why else are these gifts given? 
Well, it's pretty clear. Verse 12 and 13 says, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of fullness of Christ. As a local church, as Glasgow Grace, we've been given these gifts so that we can flourish here on mission. So point one is that God equips us to plant wide. We've seen that. But point two is that God equips us to dig deep. So though we're a church plant that has been born out of an apostolic movement across the globe, we are, we're now at the stage where we're establishing eldership. We're establishing pastors and, and teachers. And with the aim of seeing our, first, our church flourish in all the gifts that God has given us. So we can see from this passage that as our roots go deeper, as we go deeper in our gifts, as we encourage each other in our gifts, the body of Christ is built up, that we'll grow in maturity. So what does this look like for us as a church? What does it look like for us to mature as we encourage each other, as we, as we operate in our gifts? Well, let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 6. There we go. There are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So what we see here is that there is a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, the same God that gives them. There's a variety of service, but the same God that gives them. There's a variety of activities. You might see where I'm going with this, but the same God that gives them. Know this today. You are the church. As you're sat there at the moment listening to this, you are the church. And the gifts that you have, the gifts that you have been given by our gift-giving God are vital for the function of the church. And I'm not just talking Glasgow Grace, the church. I'm talking capital C church, the church across the globe. So let me encourage you today, dive in. Walk in the call God has given you. Serve Jesus with the gifts he has given you. Some of you think that your gifts are useless. Do you ever think that? Oh, wow, I wish I had that guy's gift or that girl's gift. It's so much better. No, no. Sometimes you think that other people could do what you do. That's definitely not true. If you need an example of that, ask me to lead worship one week. It'd be messy. Don't do it. Serve Jesus with the gifts he has given you. So why do we serve Jesus? Why do we serve him with our gifts? Well, it's simple. We want to give him honor. We want to build the church. God uses us to build the church through the gifts that he gives us. So Paul goes on in this passage in 1 Corinthians. It's a really familiar passage, most of you will know. And it talks about different parts of the body because he starts to use a bit of a body metaphor. Now, this is where it gets quite funny because he starts saying things like, how useful would a body be if it was just made up of eyes? Sure, it'd see a lot, but would it go anywhere? Probably not. If a body just had ears, it'd hear a lot, but it can go anywhere. If a body just had feet... It could travel the world, but how would it know where to go? Our differing gifts are vital. 
And each of us has a significant part to play within God's church. So if you're sitting there today thinking that you just show up on Sundays, you know, you you show up at church, four o'clock, it's an hour, I'll get home, then I can have my dinner and have a nice night to myself. No, that's not it. You've got it wrong. If that is what you think the church is, you've got it wrong. We're called to participate. We're called to be the church, not just to attend a church. Attendance is not enough. We're called to, to be way more than consumers. As if we're, we're walking into some sort of show, just listening to something. That's not what it's about. It's so important that we get that. So Glasgow Grace, as a church, we want to embrace the diversity of gifts that God has given. We need to recognize that Although sometimes it can be a bit messy and sometimes a bit awkward and sometimes hard work, we need to recognize that we need each other. We function better when we all use our gifts because those gifts complement each other. That's why we want to be a church that pursues all the gifts. And let me be really clear, all the gifts, from prophecy to administration, from healing to exhortation, We want to be a church that preaches the full Bible from Genesis to Revelation whilst also getting on our knees, asking for God to be continually filling us with His Spirit. We don't want to be the healing church. We don't want to be the teaching church. We don't want to be the church that's known for great kids' ministry, which I'm sure we do have great kids' ministry. We want to be a church that operates out of the diversity of the gifts that God has given us. Why? because we want to flourish. We want to grow deep roots, and we want to mature. So that leads to a pretty obvious question of, well, how do we identify? How do we practice? How do we develop our gifts? I'm going to answer this in two parts. And the first part is, we do this in community. At Glasgow Grace, we believe that, you will have heard this a lot, but we believe that as we get bigger, and as God brings more people to us, we need to get much smaller. And what we mean by that is that as numbers increase on a Sunday, we need to become more intentional about going deeper with people outside of Sunday meetings. And how does that play out for us as a church? Well, that plays out for us as in our grace communities. Our grace communities are, are a great, safe place to practice your gifts, to, to use your gifts. They're also a great place to encourage others to use their gifts. They're a great place to pray for people to have more gifts. So our Grace communities restart, albeit a little bit differently this week. And I would really encourage you that if you call Glasgow Grace your church and you're not part of one of these, please sign up. Please just drop an email to info at glasgowgrace.org. And the other thing is, in this season, where it's a bit tough, it's a bit awkward, we're all a little bit fed up of online or whatever it might be, let's prioritize these. These are really important to the life of the church and to growing in our giftings. The other opportunity for for using and developing your gifts within the body of the church is on Sundays. Whether that is with kids or with welcome or, or with the tech team. But again, our serving teams are always looking for people to serve. And if this is something you'd like to get involved with, please again just drop an email to, to info at glasgowgrace.org and we'll, we'll get you sorted. The second way that we identify, practice, and develop our gifts is personally. 
as personally. We need to be pursuing these gifts as individuals. We need to be abiding in Christ. We need to be spending time with Christ and and asking for him to to pour out gifts upon us. So why why do we do this? Why do we bother? Well, again, verse 14 to 16 tells us the answer to that. It says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As we come to a close, I'm just going to put up the Glasgow Grace logo on the screen. And I think it captures really well what we've been talking about today. So let me just talk it through. So we've got this beautiful oak tree right in the middle of the city. And I know we have spoken about this before, but what the idea here is, is that we are an oak tree that's been planted by streams of living water. Just Psalm 1. That we are yielding fruit. That we have leaves that do not wither and that we are prospering in all that we do. We as one body are currently growing deeper, see our roots going deeper into the city. Our roots are gaining strength as we continue to establish as a new city in the, a, new, a new church in this city. As our roots go deeper, our prayer is that God will continue to strengthen us and make us a healthy tree ready to spread wide with seeds. And this is our prayer, this is what we're hoping for, is that one day God will take our tree, take our church, and that the seeds of our tree and the seeds of our church will be scattered out. And the result of that will be that we see churches planted. We want to be a church that plants churches, that plants churches, that plant churches. We want to be a church that continually sees people living out their gifts and stepping out in faith. It's part of that first prophetic word that Ian and Lindsay received when they're moving up to Glasgow. There was a promise that someone felt God was just putting a promise in place. And it was this, that we would become a church that plants churches, not just in Scotland, not just in the UK, but across Europe and beyond. So who knows, maybe God is calling you right now as you're sitting there. Maybe he's calling you. Maybe he's calling you to Sweden or Spain or Russia. Who knows? But this is an advancing gospel that we partner with God in. So we've seen that God equips us to plant wide and that he equips us to dig deep through the gifts that he apportions to us. And as we close, I just want to invite Naomi and Timmy up who are going to um, lead us in a couple of reflective songs. But as they do this, I want to open up this time for us to, to practice some of these gifts. So if you have a word or a picture or a general encouragement that you'd like to bring to strengthen the church, to encourage the church, I'll be at the back. Um, please just grab me. We can have a chat about it and see where we can fit it in. As well as that, I just feel that God is wanting to highlight our gifts to us this afternoon. Some of us might be sitting here thinking, well, it's all well, him talking about gifts, but I've got no idea. I don't think God's gifted me with anything. Ultimately, I, I just, I actually don't think I'm, I don't think I'm worth anything. So I say that's not true. 
Often we feel like spare parts. Often we feel like our gifts aren't valuable to the church. That is not true. I want to, I want to remind you today that we are all God's church. That your gifts are valuable. In fact, they're vital in building his church. And for some people here, I just feel that God wants to pour out new gifts upon us today. So why don't we stand as um, Timmy and Naomi um, start to play. And um, let me just pray for us as we respond and receive from God. So let's stand together um, as, as we sing. Father, I pray that you would come now. Holy Spirit, would you fall in this place? Father, we thank you for your gracious work of salvation in our lives. Father, this afternoon we rejoice knowing that the Holy Spirit lives in us. But Lord, we also acknowledge that you are the one that empowers us for ministry. So Father, I pray today that you would encourage us in our gifts. Lord, I pray for, for anyone who feels that they've not got gifts or not got anything to contribute. Father, I pray that you would highlight to them what, what it is that you want them to do. Father, would you encourage them in their gifting? Would you help them see their, how vital they are? Father, you love them so deeply. Lord, I also pray today for anyone that is eagerly desiring more gifts. Father, I pray that you would pour out gifts upon them today. Lord, just now as we as we stand and as we listen to these reflective songs, Lord, I just pray that we would receive from you. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you move in this time? Would you bring words, pictures, encouragements for us as a church? Would you build your church for your glory?